Last time on Colony Confidential. Old school marketing is your billboard with your number on it. Nobody's running down the road, writing down your phone number. Come on. So why are you wasting your ad space on a phone number that no, they're going to go to Google or whatever. And I went to work. So I was born to work. But marketing is my thing. I love it. That's where we're at in business right now is actually defining roles and responsibilities and that chain of command. Because when we were smaller, it was so much easier to answer those questions and do things for people. But like now, if somebody needs me to go out and do a service, it's an hour for me to get there, get back. It's three hours of my, I'm not going to say eight hour days. We all know as owners, we work 18 hour days and I, I can't do it. But you're right. As you grow these technicians, the routes change and that new tech syndrome. Hey, who's this guy? And you'll face a lot of that in residential. As you grow as your residential, they get used to that one guy. And the next thing, efficiency, you have to do it. Yeah. And uh, so this is one of the things when we were in Florida that we talked about. And Jeff, I, I did this. I started to do it 10 years ago. And, and now with more growth, we've we've broken it down with the service managers, quality control specialists, customer service manager. We've been talking about it. And if, if there's any anywhere else that I can help, I will. Because you your director of operations just started, right? Started on Monday, yeah, and really picking it up, which is great. I think it's going to be a good opportunity for everybody, from the technicians up to the customer service side. It's going to be a good help. I asked the proudest moment question because I've had a ton of prideful moments in pest control, but we hired a new customer service specialist that's been in pest control like three or four years, bouncing around, was a tech, was like a tech and an office person. And yesterday he was outside and I said, I want to tell you something. I don't want you to think I'm kissing your ass. And he was like, I love your company, the way you guys do things. It's so different. And that was a real proud moment because I've been busting my ass for eight to six years to keep people that feel this way, that the company culture and this is a great place to work and giving them an opportunity, a real opportunity, money-wise, okay, and all this other stuff. And uh, to hear that was, it sounds so narcissistic to say it, but it was, I was very proud of myself and my team because you know what it is. I could say something, I could try and embody it, but to get everybody else to buy in is difficult. So the fact that I have really no interaction with him on a daily basis, except for seeing him, to hear that was, was very good. And I'm excited. See, this is what we're doing. It's work. And I can't take the credit all myself. I take it from talking to people in the industry, attending all of the out-of-the-box thinking seminars, and just speaking to different people like you and Carmen and other people in the in the industry about what they're doing that's working. That's so important. And you bring up a good point because there's a lot of folks in the industry that don't believe in National Pest Management Association or they don't believe in their local state association. But I will tell you one thing that I could attribute all my growth to the participation in those organizations. Because without them, I wouldn't be in focus groups. When it went down to the old Residex day, that's how I met Carmen. Through MPMA, I met you. And, and I could tell you that I have a network across the United States. There's companies that we work with. They're based here in the Northeastern Pennsylvania, but they have warehouses in the Midwest. And they call us, hey, who can we use? And within a second, I have them a provider. So it's so important. You're either going to stay where you're at or you're going to grow. And I really think that being involved in the industry, it's the only way you're going to do it. If you listen to the Deanie Miller episode, I told her about being eight years old at a state association meeting in a suit. And I felt like a J.O. because 
I was one of 10 people in a suit. I'm like, that was always instilled in me. I, I agree locally first, right? Even with our philanthropic efforts, we talk about starting in your community or if you want to better the world. And we've, we're not going to talk about politics, but if you want to better the world, you need to start in your own backyard because, and I agree with pest control. You st- I think you should be a member of your state association, which should automatically give you national. And then it's what you do with it. And I'm saying that because I personally don't utilize NPMA's website the way it could be utilized, but I utilize the crap out of the events. And it's because that's kind of like my forte, talking to people. For those of you out there, no, I'm, I'm very shy. But at those events, I'm not trying. When it comes down to the state association, and I don't know that there's many in the industry that realized what happened with COVID was a scary time for everybody. I said, my employees mean everything to me and, and supporting their families and everything that goes along with it. We were in uh, D.C. I remember standing in the lobby of the Hilton and they're talking about a stimulus package. I'm thinking, what is going on? What do you mean stimulus package? This is crazy. And then I was driving home. I went with Audrey Hall. Teddy and I met her and we drove down together. We're coming home. Audrey drops us in Harrisburg. That's where we met her. And I said, oh, Audrey, I don't know what's going to happen. This week's going to be scary. It was a Tuesday. She's letting us letting us go in Harrisburg. And by Friday, we had to make that decision to close down on Monday. So it happened like very quick. Traveling. I was in New Orleans. I flew from New Orleans back to Pennsylvania and went right to D.C. We sat with Senator Ron Johnson, who was like under quarantine for COVID. Scared me, scared Ted. We're like, oh, man, what, you know. We're mutants. We're turning into mutants. What's going on? We had that scare, but we went to work for the association. Our state association leadership did so much work in the first weeks of COVID. It was nonstop. But our group, and I owe it to them, Dr. Baker, Caleb Wright, and the whole Versant Strategies of Pennsylvania Pest Management Association really worked hard to get pest control in Pennsylvania as an essential workforce. And they took that. They called the governor's office. They went right to the um, Department of Ag. Within a day, I would say 24 hours, we were essential. And within 72 hours, we were life-sustaining because they went to that role. And that trickled down into the MPMA. We worked really hard with Jake Plevich and those in MPMA directly, Pennsylvania to MPMA, to get this to roll out across the country. And there's a lot of state associations that kept everybody in business. I just hope everybody in the industry realizes how important it is. When there's a crisis, those people going to bat for you is the associations. It's very important that your money, your dues, and you support those organizations because without them, there's a lot of us that could be sitting home without a check. Good point. It was before your time when they're going to outlaw the Claudine. You couldn't use Claudine anymore. And all of a sudden, we had guys showing up, 10 to 12 guys each meeting, and they joined the association. And once everything was settled, not well, but settled. They never renewed. You hardly ever see them again. So there's some people there in my time that just came when there was a problem, a big problem. And, and they were mad at you because you didn't solve the problem. Joey. I'm a big, big proponent of local, state, national associations. There was a New York City association. There was a Long Island association. And there was a state, air quotes, state association. We could argue about who was better, but we merged. I still think it's necessary to join. For me, the association was no help during COVID. They were always a day late and a dollar short with their information. NPMA was on the ball with that COVID website that they had from almost day one. So kudos to them. And we were in contact with them as the podcast and individually. But I'm a big proponent of joining an association getting involved and understanding 
that you can't do it for a lifetime if you want your business to grow. Every time I stepped away from an association, my business grew exponentially. I'll never forget when everything merged. I stepped away for a year and, and watched everything. And we grew 45% that year. And Chris was like, you can never join another association. But I encourage everybody to get involved with their local association and absolutely nationally. The first thing I learned, like when I, I joined the association, they let me join the association. It was so comforting to know that these people had the same problems I had. And some of them had actually solved the problem. The association to me was like, I would say, turning a corner. So you're turning a corner, you're going further in your direction, you turn another corner. Unfortunately, you turn a few corners that aren't so good, but you jump back on your feet and get going. But the association made a lot of friends and got a lot of good advice out of the association and had a lot of fun there. Yes, on that alone, it's worth the X amount of dollars a year for an association to become friends with someone who's going to tell you what's working. Yeah, the industry is a very cool place stuff like that best industry out there i couldn't agree more don't let too many people know <laughs> yes you're right go go to cut <laughs> so what's your typical day like i'm just telling mine my day could be get up at four o'clock and go to some guy's house who's telling me he deserves a raise that was i'm, I'm gonna check on you <laughs> and, and so again i'm at his house at 4 30 he's supposed to be at the city like 5.30, 6 o'clock, comes bopping out of his house at a quarter to six. And okay, I go the next day, same thing. Third day, before he comes out, I leave a Dunkin' Donuts cup of coffee and a jelly donut with a note, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like a block away with these opera glasses I had. It was great to, looking around. So you come back in and I know you were there today. I go, really? Well, everybody fucks up once in a while. Yeah. And you fucked up three days in a row that I know of. Fuck you. <laughs> I'm going to be checking on your ass from now on because I never did. But his quality of work picked up dramatically. I go home, eat, and then I'm back. I'm on the laptop or I'm in my office at home. And there's nights. It's 1130 at night. I got to go to bed. So, but You know, <laughs> I remember working on bids. And I had this big fish tank in the wall of my office. Let me get brain freeze. Nothing's working. Shit. So I light a cigar. I get a, a half a glass of Crown Royal. And I watch these fish going back and forth thinking, these fuckers, all they do is eat and fuck in it. They haven't got no worries in the world. So I didn't do that for about a half an hour and go back and finish the thing and wake up at eight o'clock in the morning and sleep on the couch. Like, what happened? I said, what happened was... I finished the bid. That's what happened. But it's and people don't realize that. Oh, look at him. Look, he's got a nice car. And all. But where the hell were you at two o'clock in the morning? Yeah, you work hard for that. Shane, is there anything Fine. else that you want to say? Jeff, it was good know. talking to you. I look yeah, forward you to seeing you again. Continued success. And let's have a good time. Thank you. That's your Mr. America, all the ships at sea at Shane for Colony Confidential. You're listening to Jeff King from Pest Rangers. Always good talking to you. I look forward to seeing you. Uh, thank you again, friend. Thank you. All right, man. Take care. Sheen, I'll talk to you later. Until we meet again, Mr. and Mrs. America, God bless. What's up, everybody? It's Joey Sauce, the boss, Colin Confidential. 
I want to make sure that you stick around for our Ask the Expert feature with Insperity. Jay Chapman, who we spoke with last year, is back with us. It's going to be very interesting, and your job is certainly going to be challenging as we navigate all the permanent changes that COVID has created. So, first question, how can employers either preserve the culture they had pre-COVID, or what are some suggestions you may have for those who need to change the elements of a culture to adapt to the new reality? Every successful company has a positive company culture at its core. But what is company culture? It's the way that we do things around here. It's not inside a building. And so I think that there was a lot of conversation, especially as people who might have gone to work remotely in some way, but starts to bring the office staff back in and they're thinking, what happened to my company culture? It might have changed a little bit, but it's it's not because you were in or outside of the building. It's the, the values that you carry. It's the way that you do things. It's what your people see you as a leader doing that sets that tone and sets that culture. There may be reason to write the ship a little bit as you come back into the office. But really, when you think about your culture and you think about where it is right now, you think about, is this how I want people to feel when they come to work, right? Whether they're coming into the office, whether they're logging on Zoom, whether they're stopping by to get some supplies and that sort of stuff, and they're going to be out in the field all day long. But how do you want them to feel when they think about your organization? That's at the gist of it. So here's some things for everyone to remember is number one, you got to lead by example. If you expect something, you expect behaviors, you expect attitudes, you got to demonstrate what, what it is that you're trying to get everybody else to as well. And I think a big component of it is being clear in your expectations, what you will tolerate, what you won't tolerate, what is expected when somebody comes into your organization. So be clear with those, figure out how to articulate that in a way that people understand that this is a true value of the organization. Everybody's living and breathing it. And if I'm faced with the decision to turn right or turn left, I know which way I'm supposed to go because I understand what the expectations are around here. So again, it it all comes back to the leaders, the leaders embracing the mission and vision and then being able to communicate it out to the people. And when you talk, you know, really talk to them, get to know them. I think last time when we talked how important communication is at every step of the way, but understanding what's going on with your folks. If you think that your culture has degraded during this COVID era, then let's talk about it. Let's say, what are people thinking? What are people seeing? And why is this happening? And then armed with some of that information, I think it gives you the direction that you want to take your company. And once you get all this kind of settled out, then it moves into a hiring thing, making cultural-based decisions on hiring. So you're going to ask questions of the people coming into your organization. Questions like, how did you help a teammate who was um, struggling to meet a deadline. So maybe you have a coworker that's out running their jobs and they've got a full schedule today. You're done. Do you go help your other folks or do you just say, I'm done. I'm, I'm going to the beach. I'm doing whatever I want to do. And asking questions about how did they handle things in a way that demonstrates how did they think about things? How much do they value their teammates? How much did they value the culture of the places that they've been before?